not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Back-to-back wins for Cardiff City as they came out 3-1 victors at Wigan yesterday. Uh, it's the view from the Ninny and we're back to talk about all that stuff because when we get good, it's kind of boring, isn't it, Ben Price? Yeah, it's, it seems harder to talk and make a longer, funnier podcast when we're doing well. It seems really mean-spirited to take the piss out of something that's going well. So, yeah. This we can be, try. It might be about minutes. We'll try. And Tom, you're watching the Wales draw whilst recording this podcast. Any updates you can give us on that front? Uh, no, we're two minutes in and they're explaining in the BBC chat about the history of Northern Ireland at the Euros. So I think I'll leave that alone for a little bit. <laughs> Good. Well, I mean, at least you're learning something. It's educational, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, right. Well, swiftly moving on to yesterday's game, Ben. Um, a 3-1 win at Wigan. Um, were you surprised by the ease of victory? Yeah, it was a really, really good away performance. I've um, coined the phrase Gil for Guardiola for... Uh, so that. which I was really proud of and it deserved more on Twitter to be honest um, but yeah it was just like almost the perfect away performance other than it got a bit edgy when it got to 2-1 but yeah we were really really good um, Tom, Callum Robinson again uh, stepped up with the, the, the crucial goal this time scoring in the first seven minutes rather than the last seven minutes um, lovely little goal wasn't it? Oh lovely yeah it was a really really nice finish great builder play by Ben Price's other favourite player and Konku as well so no it, but it just shows the difference he's making right like was it like five goal involvements already since he's yeah, been in five games team? or something and like even that. when he's not directly involved in the goal he's just a pain in the ass his movement you know defences can't really cope with it but no it's, um, it's the type of finish that we were craving in the other game when he had six chances and you know when he puts them away he's, he's an unbelievable asset to us Ben obviously Morrison got sacked um, but he was the guy who brought Robinson in you know, alongside the kind of evolution of football, is Robinson going to be his legacy, his parting gift to us, if you will? I think, yeah, he's um really, when they said he's the final piece in that jigsaw, um, it's a bit, it does now seem a bit unfair that he got two games for that yeah. sort of slot together, but um, it really is, it's sort of, especially yesterday, was like the perfect sort of, yeah, it just linked everything together and it all just fell in, the place lovely um he looks really really sharp and to be honest he looked he even after taking that knock he was by far the best player on that pitch um I think he might end up being an absolute bargain for what he's done so far and what he's got potential to do for the rest of the season at 1.5 mil Tom obviously he went off injured just before half time um is that a worry for you obviously he's already showing as Ben says how integral he is to the way we play if he misses a couple of games do you worry about the way we're going to perform yeah, I, yeah, of course. Like we, we weren't clinical before he came in. Um, we we were we weren't really creating chances, and you know some of that's the service, but some of that is you know people are making the runs that people want to make, and he does that for us. I think we're very lucky this week that we don't have a midweek game, so mm-hmm. you know it gives him a bit more time to recover. But you know, I I think the fact that he carried on for a little bit then came off because he wasn't a hundred percent is a good sign. Um. Hopefully he hasn't made it worse by carrying on, but it looks like it was a little bit of a knock and nothing long term. So no, he's he's unbelievable. Like, like he'll have an unbelievable impact for us over the next few months. And if we do lose him, then yeah, we could see our goals drying up like they did in the early part of the season. Um, Ben, obviously that's the bad luck with Robinson going off, but a couple of more bits of good luck with a couple of penalty shouts that weren't given 
um, given to Wigan. Obviously, we saw the ones, you know, the Blackburn game, there was bad luck and good luck with penalty shouts. But are we riding our luck now? Are we getting that rub of the green that we, we seem to miss under Morrison? Yeah, it feels like our luck's definitely turned when it comes to those sort of decisions. Um, I mean, Blackburn was a stonewall penalty, so you can't really argue with that, but we got the luck. The little bit of luck and the good fortune that we've lacked all season, probably most of the last season as well, seems to have finally sort of come our way at the perfect time to help us really build and grow and sort of develop this team and get a bit of confidence behind us, which is another thing we haven't had for a season and a half. So, yeah, I'm all for it. (laughs) Um, Tom, we... (laughs) We, we've talked about the performances under Morrison where there was a lot of passing and a lot of lot, not a lot of end product. Yesterday at Wigan, it was probably our lowest passing total of the season, I think 139 passes, but we scored three goals out of it. It's, it Was that the perfect away performance? And we start to see Hudson kind of taking the best of the Morrison you know, genre, if we will, of management and turning it into his own management by kind of making us more direct and more attacking as, as we needed to be. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, because... It was nice to see the opposition manager saying that we were clinical. Mm. And you know, we, we haven't had anyone say that about us. And no, you know, not all season. It, yeah, exactly. And like What's the opposite of clinical, unclinical. That'll do. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you know we've scored three goals this year in this game, and we scored three goals against Borough, another yeah. game where we we didn't have a lot of ball. We were just direct, and I think it is about kind of you know horses for courses. In certain games, we're going to have less ball certain games are going to have to be a bit more direct. And suddenly we've got a bit of confidence going forward. And it was great to see. Like, it's nice to have a lot of possession in some games. And sometimes that works. But yesterday, it was the perfect away performance. Because even though we conceded a goal, we sh- we showed that we can see a game out. Yes, yeah. it was nervy, but we added a goal. And we were one goal away from me having a 4-1 prediction coming in from the last podcast as well, which I'm still absolutely fuming about. But no, it it shows that we have got goals in the team when it does click, and we've got pace around the around the park. You know, we've got people who can create chances. I mean, I think we said it last week. We're going to have to have goals from all across the pitch, not just from a focal point striker. So seeing a performance like that yesterday is really, really encouraging. And Ben, another player who who put in a good performance yesterday. Uh, we talked about him on the pod last week, and it caused a bit of controversy in our menchies. Um, but Nkunku created two of the three goals. Um, bit of a rock and roll footballer, isn't he? Yeah, I think I'd just like to claim credit for this win against Wigan, purely because I think that he listened to the last week's pod, heard what I said and went, right, I'll show that fat prick exactly what I can do. Because he was really good going, he's still dodgy as defensively, but going forward, finally, his passes were, they was purpose them again and just looked really good. They were just solid passes that created lots of chances for us. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, he stepped up yesterday, looked a lot better. Another player who may have listened to the pod, Tom, uh, Shea Ojo, um, got a goal yesterday. Um, you know, there's you know a lot of people saying, is he a confidence player? Is he going to be a streaky player who puts together runs and, you know, has those kind of goal contributions over a series of games? Do you think yesterday was the start of that? Obviously, he got the goal, had a shot that hit the post he probably should have scored from, but is, do, you, do you want that to be the ignition in his confidence? I think like that sums him up in that one game, right? Like he blows hot and cold. He scores a goal. He misses a chance where he should have scored. I'm hoping he's not a confidence player because it ended on that woeful miss. But like, I, it just sums him up. We said this last week. He's going to blow hot and cold. You've got to, mis- you know, got to forgive those kind of like performances where he's a little bit off the pace because you have got performances in him like the one yesterday. And when he gets going, he is a real, real threat. And I think that's why it's important that we've got depth this year. So if he does hit the bit 
like a dip in form. We've got someone who can come in for him. But no, he was he was brilliant yesterday, and hopefully he kicks on from that because we'll get on to it later. It's a lovely fixture to follow up from an away win, you know, Coventry at home. Um, so it's, it's the perfect chance for a few of those players to put a run of performances together, and he's one of them. Um, that essentially, do you think, boys? Because the best stuff from him under McCarthy was when he sort of played more centrally, and today he came uh, yesterday. Sorry, he came on for Robinson. Um, played a bit more central and was a lot more effective. I think you could get away with more in that position, right? So if you're someone like Ojo who doesn't, who probably doesn't want to do the defensive side so much, um, wants to be more attacking, you can get away with more in that um, position and have a bit more freedom. And that probably plays into his the way he likes to play as well. Because I think sometimes wingers can just get bogged down by having to track back and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think if you put him in a 10, he can just float around and almost go left and right, go through the centre, do what he wants. And I think he's so, sometimes he is so unpredictable with what he's going to do. I don't even think he knows what he's going to do sometimes. The ball kind of gets stuck under his feet a little bit. And I think in that 10 role, you can get away with that a little bit more. So maybe it does suit his game a bit better. I don't think he's clinical enough. And I think, sorry to bring up the name like someone did last week as well, like when Josh Murphy played there. It had to be done. You have a game like he did against Huddersfield where he scored a brace and then you get games where he completely disappears and doesn't score and doesn't create anything. And I think there is parallels there. I can see why his name was brought into the mix last week. I think he's better than Josh Murphy, but I think that's why you couldn't have him there as a long-term plan. But when you need him to fill a gap like yesterday, I think it can work out. Do you think Josh Murphy regrets coming to Cardiff? Because you look at his brother, who's now scoring goals for future title-winning Newcastle FC, and Josh Murphy's playing at Oxford, and I think he's injured again. And you wonder, it's like a sliding doors moment, isn't it? If he if he didn't come to Cardiff, where did his career Swinging be? doors moment. Swinging doors moment, sorry. <laughs> Swinging doors moment, sorry. Um... We'll, we'll talk about, um, it was nice to see Charlie White score for Wigan, but let's talk about uh, one of our most underrated players, probably of all time, uh, Ryan Wintle, Ben. Um, again, another underrated performance from him yesterday, and he, he capped it off with a goal. Um, what was your take on the goal? Do you think he meant it? Oh, 100% he's gone for that. Um, yeah. You don't look so convinced with that. Oh, it's just someone asked him the Twitter questions, so I'm just getting to it now. Yeah, I th- I think he's gone for that. I think he's taken a shot on there. I think he said afterwards in the press, like sort of to the press afterwards, um, Perry NG said he's having a go. So I thought, sod it, I'm doing it too. I did, yeah, I did see that. Actually. <laughs> Which I I admire the pettiness with that as well. You he can't do it, Perry. I'm going to really do it. petty. <laughs> They're two scousers, aren't they? Um, um, Tom, that came at the end where, and I I can't believe we're talking about this. Why do all these things seem to happen at Cardiff games? The Wigan goal was two inches higher at one end. Apparently, the the, the reason they found it out was because the the referee stood and he could touch the crossbar on the left side, but not on the right side. Um, So that's how he knew that the goal was too high. I don't think they moved the goal, but they had to recalibrate the Hawkeye technology to make sure the goal technology system was working. Does that goal go in? I don't even know if it's that end. Some people say on Twitter it is. It is that that end. Does that goal go in if the goal is two inches lower? No, hits the bar and comes back out. And you know, so Wintle the drop, there's the he knew that's how good he is. He was going for the exact I love how the referees the exact height where he can reach on one end and not the other. Yeah, like, I love how like low tech that is. Just a man <laughs> with his hand in the air. Going, well, I guess it's wait a minute, there's something wrong here. I guess it's part of the checks they have to do, right? Because I've seen at non-league games, I remember going to one I saw a linesman come over and look at, you know, he has to check the goal at the back. And he was checking it and he missed, a, I'm not joking, like a massive hole. Like Smith on his videos always goes, checking the nets for holes. Then there's loads of them. There's but, it was, but there was a massive gap at the bottom and he missed it. And all the fans are going, you've missed the hole, you've missed the hole. And he just like, the linesman was like, no, you're, you're having me on here. Walked off. And then the referee had to come over and it took 10 minutes to fix it. And it's just like, 
football for all its kind of advancements is a very basic game in that regard, isn't it? So the referee probably has to do check each goal post, each post and all that kind of stuff. And it, it probably never happens, you know, 99 times out of 100, it won't happen. But yesterday it did. Yeah, but it's mad though. Do you have to be that height to be a referee so you can check the, go- the goal that is exact height? Like, it's just such a weird like turn of events that he's the exact height where he can re- reach there and not the other side. But it worked in our favour. And, and by the way, he definitely did go for that, by the way, Ryan Winthrop. There's no doubt that that, oh. that is never a cross. That is no, um, it's too close to the goal, strike. isn't it? Um, oh, and, and the final sure. point it's not the first time I've heard of it though, because I remember there was a the other way round, there was a complaint that people were hitting the crossbar too much of Fulham. And this was like in like 2006, 2008. I remember talking about it in college, everyone was hitting the bar, and there was a four inch difference between the Fulham, the height of the Fulham goal. And like other goals around the Premier League, like four inches is quite a lot. Is that? I I guess we're going to get into the conversation around like, um, oh yeah, ask your mum. I guess we're going to be getting into the the kind of conversation around um, basically admin in football. But obviously, pitch sizes can differ, can't they? You can have a there's a minimum standard and maximum standard, and you can have that. Are goals judged by the same thing? I have no idea. I thought a goal was just a standard goal size. I think goal has to be a set height, but I think they don't really. They're not measuring that every game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The final point in yesterday's game, Ben, uh, you put it it in there. Um, It was nice to see, even though it was against us, uh, White get a goal. I think it's his first goal since returning from a cardiac arrest. I saw an interview with him the other week, and he's got one of those packs under his skin that kind of like Ericsson has, but it seems a bit more hard. It's like a big pack under his ribs. I mean, it's it's great just to see him back playing, but... How incredible is it that by modern modern medical standards that can happen now? Because years ago it would have been a career ender, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's by modern medical standards, it's amazing that he survived by all accounts. Mm. Yeah, um, it's another situation like Ericsson that it just if it's going to happen, it happened at the perfect place where you've got high professionals around you and shows the importance of a defib. And it happened. I, I think I was reading about it. They just done their CPR training like within the, the week before. or two previously, and it was like. If it was going to, like you said, it was going to happen, it happened at like the perfect time for people to be prepared to deal with it, which is, again, one of those coincidences that just shows how lucky he is to still be with us. Yeah, it's it's scary. I read that article as well. And you look at like the pacemaker and the wire through it. It's really weird. And I was looking at it going, how do you, you can't really lie on that if you're sleeping because it's not like, it's no. properly sticks out your skin. It's a really weird looking thing, but it's amazing that he's managed to play again and, yeah, you, he scored that goal, and part of me was like, "Oh Christ, here we go." And you see, it was him. You can't help but have that little smile of going, "Oh, go on, mate, good for you." Yeah, it's, it is really nice, and I think um, hopefully it's the, the first of many for him on his return. Um, and you, you know, like I, I remember reading that interview with him, and he talked about that. I think about a month or so after the pack being installed or, or, or um, inserted, he he was talking about having a moment where it went off, and he like went really dizzy and all that kind of stuff. It sounds horrible that he has to deal with that. Well, he said it was like uh, like he said it was one of the most painful things he's ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. And then he spoke to um, who's the old play for Man United at Ajax now? Oh, what's his name? Oh, Danny Blind or Daily Blind? Daily Blind, yeah. And he spoke to Blind about it afterwards, and Blind was like, "Yeah, it happened to me, but it wasn't that painful." And he did the thing of, "Oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't that bad." And he was like, secretly, I was like, "It was absolutely killed. It was so painful." Yeah, well, fair play to him for coming back. Um, you know, if we can't begrudge anyone a goal, it's him. So, um, good for him to be returning. Um, right onto the Twitter questions. Like, there's nothing else to talk about. Like, Hudson's going to get the job. There's no speculation about who the manager is. Tom, is there anything Cardiff City related we should be talking about? I, I think just the overall thing about the momentum, I think over the last like couple of games, this has come, I think Ben briefly mentioned it about the perfect timing. 
I think there's been a couple of moments, you know, a last-minute goal against Burnley, a last-minute penalty save against Blackburn, and this could be like a season-defining few games. I think, you know, the difference between those couple of goals is instead of looking up the table like we're kind of doing now, thinking, oh, we're only three points off the playoffs, you start to shit yourself a little bit going, we need another manager in. You know, there is a chance we could get dragged into a relegation mix. And I think I think this last week, I don't think it could be underestimated how huge this could be going forward yeah. for the club. You know, it's it's kind of quelled the fans a little bit as well. You know, there was a little bit of unrest. There's not, none of that now. Um, we just, just jumped on the Hudson train, haven't we? And well, massively, 100%. And, you know, it, it helps, like we said before, like he's a former player. You get lots of tweets out there saying, you know, he gets it. But he does get it. He gets it. You know, and there's a reason he was a club captain. And you know, going from club captain into management of the same club, you're going to be adored by the fans. So if he carries on, you know, seven points from the last three games is massive for us. Against good teams as well. Yeah, exactly. You've got you've got a way result in there as well. And now you're playing bottom of the league at home. So, you know, this could be a, a massive, massive few weeks for the club. So, you know, it's it's good we've got nothing to talk about on a negative note because it doesn't happen too often. Danny, you, you know, again, we, we've seen now three games of it. If if someone comes to you and says you can have Hudson or you can have another manager, Stephen Schumacher, whoever it may be, who are you taking at this stage? At this stage, you've got to stick with Hudson, you? It's just the feel-good factor around it is just too good to ignore. Everything's just fallen into place lovely. And I think, like, we can really... I'm looking as far as, like, the World Cup in, like, a month's time, you sort of think. The there's momentum, no point shifting now, is there? No, there's the no rush to do anything. Everything seems good. The players seem really happy as well, which is something that I think didn't see, quite seem like the team spirit was... I don't say lacking under Morrison, but there seems to be something else there with these players now. They seem to be just playing with a bit more freedom, like a lack of fear. It just seems a lot more enjoyable to them on the pitch from the last couple of games. It helps that we've had good results as well. I'm not going to like discount that. Say. But it's just, yeah, there's no rush to make a change. There's no rush to make a permanent appointment for anyone, including Hudson. Just keep it as it is. Keep going and just build on it because... Like Tom said, this is season-defining sort of period for us now that can really show, are we going to sort of challenge for that plucky eighth or are we going to end back up down where we don't want to be? So, yeah, Where are we now? We're 10th in the league. We're three points off the playoffs all of a sudden. Like Tom was saying at the start, it's all of a sudden the outlook is so different, isn't it? And it's so much more positive. Um, I guess I've got one question around Hudson, Tom. Um, when a coach becomes like interim manager, do you reckon he gets acting up pay? Like a little pay bump every week? I don't know if he has really. Oh, yeah, I don't really know. I, I'm assuming so, right? But if they don't, do, the club will definitely keep him because we're skint. So, <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps that's why he's still more responsibility, around. no more money, Mark. Do you want it? Yeah, it's good for your CV, Mark. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about the money. Good exposure. Yeah, put on your LinkedIn. You can it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. Any extra money? No, but it's no, a well, great opportunity. Yeah, it's a good Vincent one to endorses you for first team coaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, moving on to the Twitter questions. Another seamless segue from social media on LinkedIn to Twitter. Um, I haven't done an acknowledgement of the segue for a while, Tom. I can see your face there. Um, Adam James, my brother, how many will we score against the Jacks? Five, six or seven? Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's just uh, give that a couple of weeks before we answer it. Um, Ryan March, friend of the pod. Ben, I guess this one's for you. What sauce would Mark Harris have on his kebab? Ryan, you know what you're doing. I'm not going to fall for it. What would he have though? I reckon he, he he's a garlic a garlic garlic mayo man. I don't think he has a kebab. I reckon he has a burger and chips and a kebab house on the way home. Oh, it's not a bad shout actually. Cheese. 
Yeah. Unless he's lactose intolerant. Who well, knows? He could be. He could be. Um, Tom, um, your dad's asked the question. Shout out Big Hugh. Um, do you, yeah. Do you think Mark Hudson will be given the job permanently until the end of the season or will they still look to bring a new manager in? It's a good, um, it's a good straight down the line question <laughs> from Hugh there. No messing about, no funny business about sources. Um, yeah, I think they will give him the job. One, because we're skint. And two, he's doing a, yeah, he's doing a good job. It'll be one of those ones there, same till the end of the season. Then again, we'll give him a, a five-year contract and we'll lose 10 games in a row at the beginning of the next. Uh, Diff MJ, Matt. Um, ben, if we integrate Isaac Davis, Ruben Cowell and Abu Adams into that squad and perform that way consistently, how far can his team go? Gonzo McKenzie said Sunderland. Um, which is obviously a game coming up in a month or so. That's uh, such a good answer. But ben, it's, it is interesting, isn't it, that all of a sudden we have a really good squad with really good players to come back in on a on a more well, you know, Isaac Davis, Ruben Cole, and a slightly unknown Abu Adams. I'm not. I was about to say that's a shoehorned into that one, isn't it? It's like, oh, we need a third. We need a third name to. Well, but we've got three players out. to come back in who could actually have an impact on the squad. Oh, right. that is effectively I, it. I suppose, um, I suppose. But but Ben, it is. It, it could that that could be the difference going into like you know we talk about they could be like new signings. Abu Adams literally is a new signing, but Isaac Davis and Ruben Cole coming in at this stage of the season could be like those new you know like psychologically a new signing. Yeah, Davis worries me because he's missed so much football at a really important stage of his career, and like to not have that preseason, it's it's. It's going to be really tough for him to get back into it. I think for him, it's ideal that the World Cup breaks happening. That essentially then becomes another preseason for a lot of teams. Yeah. So hopefully, then that means he can get his fitness out of the way, get his fitness back to where it needs to be, injury worries out of the way, and sort of hit the ground running and sort of catch up with the rest of the squad because it's really difficult. Like we've seen with so, so many young players sort of miss a preseason and this season, they sort of miss a season development. Um, but if Isaac Davis comes in and sort of does what he needs, that's another option. It's another, it's something different again to what all the other players have because he's just blistering pace. Yeah. So he'd be a great addition up front. Colwell, we know what he can do. And then Abu Adams, another option in midfield when we're, like we're saying, like Sawyer still isn't convincing me. He wasn't exactly spectacular yesterday either. Um, so to have another option in that midfield, a bit of an unknown quantity, yeah, it's another bonus and suddenly the squad looks a lot stronger doesn't it and you sort of going into the after the world cup and looking at january going well we don't those those sort of areas are sorted we can possibly look at do we need anything defensively but no it's all it's all looking a lot more rosy at the moment isn't it it's interesting that soyuz is almost becoming the byword for the guy who drops out of that midfield i thought at the start of the season when we signed him i thought he was going to be our focal point and everyone would slot in around him because you had like you know, Reno and Wilt, Wintle feel like similar sort of players. You have a Boo Adams and Rolls that feel like they could be similar sort of players, that kind of all-action midfielder, and that Soyuz is going to be the focal point that we built around. But now all of a sudden, and it leads into Benefactor's uh, question, the, the rasping dog himself, do we now have a properly balanced midfield with Wintle, Rhino and Rawls, Tom? Because all of a sudden, Soyuz is the the player we can do without, and it, it's we've got three or four midfielders who are, who, who are key to that midfield now. Yeah, strange with Soyuz, because... The way that we've been playing, he lacks that energy that the other midfielders bring. So even when he's come off the bench, he hasn't really made the impact you want him to. Well, no, especially uh, when you bring someone off the bench, you want them to bring a bit of momentum or impetus with them. And he just comes on and he's very, he's just got that languid style, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. And it's like you saw it from Rawls against Blackburn. It's, you know, it's no kind of coincidence he's then brought in the next game because yes. he had a good performance and he rewarded him for that as well. And I think. Sawyer's just really hasn't hit the heights we wanted him to. And it's been a pity. I think I think we've touched on it before. It's been the players we didn't expect to have an impact are the ones who've had the impact. And hopefully, you know, 
he improves as the season's gone on because you know his career has been a little bit stop start when he's been elsewhere, and perhaps yeah. that you know that's part of it. So perhaps that, like like Ben mentioned, that that break for the World Cup might work out for Sawyer's as well. Um, and another question from the Rasping Dog. Um, if we continue with Hudson's interim boss, does the board give him until the World Cup or Christmas? In my opinion, much of much is really. But at this stage, I know we've got the World Cup as like this almost like hard stop in the middle of the season. The World Cup and Christmas almost feel like irrelevant. If we're going to give him the job, it should be till the end of the season, right? Yeah, if you're looking to make it more of a permanent thing, if you're still not decided, don't rush it. Don't make... We're too... This club is so quick to jump in headfirst to ill-thought-out decisions with that sort of a long-term plan. Look at McCarthy, for instance, and let's just play it out and see how it goes. Like, it's a good feeling around the club now. Let's see how it goes, even after the World Cup, and then make a decision from there. There's no rush on this appointment. We've got a good option at the moment who seems to be doing well. There's no rush to go, right, we've definitely got to get so-and-so in, because it's not like we're desperate for someone else to come in and we're saying, this is the perfect person for us, we should be going for that. Even the fans are happy. It's just... Yeah, just hold fire. I think it's, the club needs to be patient with this. They're normally quite good at dragging their heels. Let's for once. Like, yeah, uh, Stephen Schumacher should be given the job anyway. So uh, Gareth Dunning, um, Tom, we've already touched upon him, but Kunku, can we discuss our erratic left back? Different note, great win. Middle three bossed. It showed we have balls again. Um, it feels like Kunku could be the all action, really good left back, attacking and defensively, but he just needs to sort his defensive side out of the moment, doesn't he? But I think that's the key bit. You can say he could be it attacking and defensively. I think he could be it attacking. I think, like, like I said last week, we had he hadn't shown much in the top end of the field, um, in terms of you know his delivery. Um, but yesterday he did. So you can forgive him those defensive misgivings if he carries on doing that up the field. I think he's he may not be a defensive player. Perhaps he is more of a winger. Um, but I thought he was fantastic yesterday. And there's going to be games where he makes mistakes. But if he carries on putting performance in like that every couple of games, then I don't mind that at all. The pass for the second goal, uh, oh, it's a it is outstanding. Yeah. Like, really, really good quality ball. Uh, Simon Hiscox, hashtag optimism corner. That's a throwback. Excellent win. And clearly Huds has got something going on here. That kit, though, face palm. I, st- I like the grey kit, Ben. No, I'm no. I'm, like, I'm with it. Yeah, it's. Well, you're I going it off when it. I first saw it. I was like, oh, it's not a bad kit. That, and the more I see it, the more I'm like, oh, it just looks cheap and just it's a bad training kit. It looks like. Yeah, now. I, I, I think it was a novelty when it came out. It's like, oh, something slightly different. But I think it's the more and more overweight fifty-year-old man I see in it is putting me off as well. I was going to say I want to buy it, but I'm overweight, not fifty. Um, and I was thinking like it obviously looks quite good on the footballers, but isn't going to look good on my beer belly? Probably not. I prefer oh. the third kit. I think the third kit's a good kit. The home, like either. the home, the home is the pick of the bunch. I still think the home's one of the best home kits we've had, possibly since that Puma, uh, the the uh, Puma visit Malaysia kit. The, the uh, Marky Mackay season. Yeah, mm, I did like that kit. I think it's yeah. a class, brilliant kit. I still think one of my favourite kits is the the last season in Indian Park Joma kit. That's my favourite Cardiff kit of all time. I don't think I appreciated it much at the time, but um, in recent years, that stands out for me, and it still fits me, which is really good. Yeah, same here. Yeah, because I, I bought it massive. It still fits yeah. me, which just shows Joma's sizing issues. Yeah, and the bought- club shop only had massive kits. And like I remember my dad bought me a coat that year as well. So you'll grow into it. 
it's like I'm, I'm 29 and overweight now, and it's still down to my knees. <laughs> I think that was it. Two as well, aren't you? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he's a tall boy. Uh, Harry Dickens, we covered this off, but was Wintle's goal a shot or a cross? Dean Smith would say pass, I reckon. Uh, CCFC Jaden, with the good position we're in now, would it be safe to say we're a very attractive option for a new manager, or is it pointless to think about given that Hudson will likely get the job? Um, and I've talked about this with my friend who supports Plymouth. I keep going on that we should get Stephen Schumacher from Plymouth because he's doing a great job there. Um, you know, I've said it everywhere. I think I've been on Feast of Football, the second tier pod. I've said it here about six times. He was an agent. It's fucking mad. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I'm his agent. But he said, and this is a point that he made at the time, it was three games ago when we were 18, that at that point, he would have been better off staying with Plymouth because he would have been hailed more of a hero. They're probably going to get in the playoffs because League One is pretty poor. And then at the end of the season, he'd have probably the pick of more, more jobs because more championship clubs will look at him and go, look at the job he did with Plymouth. All of a sudden, we are a slightly better option. Um, do, you, do you think there's managers out there looking at us and going, I'd like that job? Or do you think they've all just accepted that Hudson's getting it? I think there's loads of managers still looking at it thinking we're an attractive option. Like, it's We take the piss and sort of say we're this or that. But like if you're looking... Oh, what we've got, we've got a decent training ground with sort of shared with the FAW. Got a good academy that's sort of producing good talent. Nice away kit. Average away <laughs> kit. But it's a big club. And yeah, I think any sort of manager would be sort of out of work would sort of think, yeah, that's one for me. It's more of an issue when you're looking at someone like Schumacher who's doing well at a club like Plymouth who can sort of become a cult hero and sort of take them to somewhere. Yeah. When was the last time they were in the championship? What? Probably, it was probably when we were playing, probably our Joma kit seasons. I remember Eddie Johnson playing against them. It was the year they went down, was the year before we signed Mason, wasn't it? So that being the Bellamy year. Yeah. So, like, they haven't been up since then. You can make yourself a hero and then sort of your stock's even higher. If I'm someone like him, I wouldn't be looking to leave just yet, especially to Cardiff. Fuck's sake. All right, I'll tell him. Um, Cal Drogo, how much of an effect do you think Callum Robinson has had on the team's form? We've said it earlier, Tom. Five five starts, five goal contributions. He's making his tick, isn't he? Oh, yeah. It's no coincidence that since he's come in, we've turned it on. Because even if the strikers we had weren't performing that bad, there wasn't the confidence around them. You know, the fans were impatient. You know, and that does translate onto the pitch then as well. When you've yeah. got a frustrated away end gasping every time Max Waters is within five yards of the ball, it takes its toll. And it's a welcome break for those players then as well. They're a little bit more, you know... When they come on the field, there isn't that kind of expectation on them because we've got Callum Robinson. So, no, it's been, it's the best bit of business we've done and it's worth every single penny that we paid for him as well. It's um, body language as well, though, isn't it? You yeah. look, you compare like Max Waters' body language to Robinson's body language. Robinson's a lot more just, he just seems a lot happier. And I can understand why. Like, it's totally understandable that Waters is not in sort of like the best headspace as a player at the moment. So, like, you can see that. But it just makes a huge difference to everyone around you when you've got a player that's sort of open, brimming with confidence. It makes you play that sort of pass that you probably wouldn't have played if Waters is there. It's just, it just raises everyone's game when someone's sort of high on confidence and in a good place. Um, Tom, are you watching the draw? Uh, is it that obvious that I'm watching it? Yeah. I haven't, looked at, I haven't looked at the screen for the last 10 minutes. Who have we got so far? Croatia and Armenia. We've got a lovely draw so far. So nice. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Well, I'm let's looking. let's leave that there. We'll come back to that. Tom. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Taylor CTFC, give Hudson to the Derby. IMO, uh, Dan Lowe, who's the most underrated player in the squad? It's Ryan Wintle. It's always Ryan Wintle. Uh, Paul Walsh, I'd like to think we can only keep getting stronger week by week. Strong foundations and a competitive style of football now. We need to keep supporting in a positive way, even when we lose. Remember, it's not all over after one or two losses. Still think a seventh finish. Here's an interesting question for you, Tom. 
do you from CCFC Joe do you still do you think we would have had the same results if Morrison was still in charge still baffled as to why he was sacked we're still playing the same style it's very much his team don't want to take any credit away from Hudson though great win I don't think we do get the same results if Morrison's in charge do you no I, I don't think so and I know this is a bit of like hindsight and stuff but I think I think the substitutes that Hudson have made in games have been a, a little bit more sensible and shrewd um I think that just the slight tweaks to our starting lineup as well and just that kind of celebrations we've seen after the game, right? Like, it's you're a bit more, like, more Warnock, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're more likely to give a little bit more in that last 10 minutes of games if it's for a manager you like. He, he may well, very well have got the same results, but it doesn't feel like that at the moment. Like, even though like Morrison had the backing of the fans, I wouldn't say it was like an adoration for him. It was a, he's doing a good job, fair play to the lads, where now it's, you really want Hudson to do well. He comes yeah. across as a decent bloke. Like he's he's part of the club. The players seem to buy into him as well and, and like him, not just buying in. So yeah, I think I I think I think Hudson's made the difference, to be honest. Um we've just drawn Turkey. Oof. Um Levi Griffiths, like the idea of giving Hudson a two-year deal, but are we gutted we've lost one of the hardest managers in the league? Uh Tum Sean, uh, according to Wales Online, Cole was latest injury is a nick in his hip flexor. I haven't counted the reports on his injuries, but there seem to have been a lot. Is he injury prone or is it reported more because of it profile, or is it something else going on? Ben, is it just that he's a growing lad and he's still like growing into his body? Yeah, it's a hundred percent that. Like he's I think they even said like he went from one summer, he went away one summer, came back about eight foot taller. Yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be growing issues with that. It happened to have we all. I remember playing football. And I've had nowhere near the growth that Cole had, and my knees were absolutely shot for a couple of years. So it's you're gonna get those injuries with him. I think it's more noticeable with him purely because he's. We all have so much focus on him that we yeah. all want him in involved with the squad. We want him every week involved. So you sort of say a oh, slight niggle, then you want him. You get a bit annoyed. So. He'll come good. I'm not worried about those sort of things if they're managed right. I think it's more important now to make sure he heals up properly than it is to actually play him because you see like Michael Owen was sort of the prime example of a player that was young and just hammered into the ground and ruined the rest of his career. He was finished by 23. And I think I think he has, uh, Colwell doesn't benefit, I don't know what the word is, but he suffers from the fact that um, he's focused on from Wales and a Cardiff perspective, because obviously he got into the Wales squads quite young and quite early and there was all this kind of expectation on him. So it's not just the Cardiff journalists who are looking at him, it's all the Wales journalists as well. And that means that his injuries are looked into a lot more because of it. Um, Terry Hansen, my theory is that the hierarchy knew that the tactician was actually Hudson all along, and I hope he will be the manager as we now look like we're playing with a purpose rather than just playing because it looked good. Um, Nate W, so stoked with the results what level of optimism is acceptable is this just new manager bounce or genuine progress um tom i think what level of optimism shirts off running down the street optimism i think is acceptable at this stage and i do think there's a signs of genuine progress there do you it's hard to tell yeah isn't it but it does seem that way i think in the last couple of games like i said i think in terms of attitude like in terms of mood around the place um i don't think you can judge on the field on the field yet but i think just around the club you know i think the more you have someone in charge of your team who splits opinion, you know, the harder it is to perform. So we seem to be a United fan base at the moment. Um, we seem to be United on the field. So, yeah, I think we'll carry carry on progressing if it carries on this way. And I think the final question was from Ellis Hearn, Ben. Um, is it just me or does it look like Hudson's tactics for those uh, for those teams he is playing? So if he wants the ball and then for us to be directing the final third, but let's be honest, Morrison wouldn't have played on the counter against Wigan. He would have tried to dominate the ball. Um, 
it does feel like we, we've got a bit more flexibility in the way we play, doesn't it, Ben? As we said at the start, you know, the, the passing yesterday was less, but we were more direct. Um, yeah, against think- Burnley, we passed it around in the second half, was slightly less direct. But it's like think- it seems to be that flexibility that Morrison didn't have. I think it's a bit unfair. It's sort of, I think Morrison sort of had to do that because he was tasked with changing the style of play. And I think he felt compelled that he had to do the passing play every game. Everything had to be about possession and making more passes. Whereas Hudson sort of, we've seen the progression, everyone's happy, but he hasn't quite, I don't know if he seems to have been given that sort of mandate from above of like, you have to make us play more. And I think that works a lot better for us because like I said, you can just be a lot more flexible. Yeah. We don't need to keep and play 600 passes against Wigan. We just have to do what we did yesterday and it works whereas there's going to be games where we're going to want to do it more and sort of hold on to the ball more and yeah I just think it's a case of the higher ups sort of giving Hudson a bit more room to breathe yeah he's benefiting from that um Tom have you seen the last team in the draw uh no I haven't do you want do you want to hear who it is uh yes please Latvia Ooh, okay Marianne Pahars uh the only team I know from Latvia is Scontariga um 111 quid a flight on Skyscanner I just checked for you that is some quick sky scanner in that. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even look away. Listen, you do the talking. I just ask the questions and then sit back. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, if you want to get involved in next week's pod, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, we always put a call out for questions either day of the game or the day of recording of the pod. So keep an eye on our Twitter feed, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. I have a Wikipedia nugget for you guys before we talk about Coventry. Um, I looked this one up last minute. It could be very easy, it, it could be very difficult. Um, but before this player signed for Cardiff, um, he became the first footballer to play while wearing an electronic tag around his ankle. Um, pretend like you don't know Ben if you do know and do a little. No, I, I know the nugget, but I can't think of who it is. Um, yeah, he it was before he signed for us. Um, but he, he was the first footballer to play wearing an electronic tag around his ankle. Um, I think it was for drink driving, but I can't 100% remember. I know. Uh... Is it? Go on, go for it, Ben. I, I, I generally don't have a Scooby. Is it Trevor Sinclair? No. <laughs> that's the well, it's the farmer tree, isn't it? Well, Tom, <laughs> do you want to have any guess? Uh, no, because I don't, I don't want to besmirch the name of any kind of city player. Oh, there's hundreds that have done drink driving. Fucking hell. Yeah. All right, mate. It was a timer. It was a timer thing where it was like compulsory. It was like who's who? for the club. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was Gary Croft. Oh, I would never have got that. I'd, uh, you know, he was no, quite... no, no, no. That's not a slight on you. It's a slight on me. I, I should have <laughs> known it. Yeah, Gary Croft, when he was at Ipswich, um, he became the first player to play wearing an electronic tag. Um, and he came, he signed for us, I think, on loan initially. Um, good little left back, Gary Croft. He now works as an estate agent in Grimsby, um, which is grim. <laughs> that's that's a tough job. That's a tough job. Yeah. yeah. Well, in houses in Cleethorpes. Right. Moving swiftly on, uh, one game to preview this week. Uh, we're uh, away at Coventry, home at Coventry. I never remember where we're playing. Home. Home against Coventry. Back on the home again. Um, it's the CCFC derby. Uh, Coventry, Ben, sit bottom of the championship. But I think there were three or four games unbeaten. Up until recently, um, I was watching the highlight show late yesterday and they did mention that. Um, but it was, uh, I mean, I'm looking at their results now. Luton 2, Coventry 2, Birmingham 0, Coventry 0, Coventry 1, Middlesbrough 0, Bristol 0, Coventry 0, Coventry 0, Burnley 1. Yeah, they showed once in four games. Yeah. Um, not a high-scoring team, then. No. It's, um, 
It's not set up to be no. a classic, is it? <laughs> but at least we're finally starting to score goals. But um, yeah, they they they're just an underrated sort of mess, aren't they? Well, they did. I think they did really. I think it's a classic. They did really well last season after coming back up. Or, uh, you know, or they've had two seasons. This is their third season, I think, back in the championship. But last season, they seemed to overperform. And now it's almost like the hangover means they're back to underperforming. It's like gone the other way. I feel like they're constantly hammered. Like, they can do well on the pitch, but everything behind the scenes of that club always seems to cause issues. If yeah, it's not there's always own, a stadium it's... issue. Yeah. The rugby club, is, to be fair, a lot of this was out of their hands as yeah. well. And, like, English rugby's in an absolute oh, like, dire straits at the moment, moment with Worcester going bust. The whole Wasps have gone into admin, haven't they? Yeah, and they've been a shambles for, for donkey's years now, and they've just been unfortunate to be tangled up in it again after so many years of just bouncing between grounds. And it's it's unfortunate for them that's come after, like you said, like pretty successful year last season. Yeah, but it yeah, felt like they'd given themselves a platform to build on, and they haven't. Yeah, they're sh- I feel sorry for their fans because they're a pretty big club, and you know, with quite a big history as well. And it's been really, really shit for them for a long time now. It's been shit for them as long as they've lived in Coventry, to be honest, mate. It's a fucking hole of a place. Oh, I didn't mind Coventry. Oh, but we've, we've gone into this every time. Yeah, I I every it. time we talk about Coventry, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you have to talk about the years you spent there, Ben. I hate um, it. Um, Get over it, mate. I, I know they've got, was it Giorkrez up front, uh, the guy they signed from Brighton, but he doesn't seem to be playing like he was last season. Um, and they've got a couple of former Cardiff players in their mitts, Ben. Uh, Simon Moore. I think you've got two two former Cardiff goalies, right? Ben Wilson yeah. and Simon Moore. Um, do you want to talk about Ben Wilson? Yeah, the uh, lover of Cardiff. I, I still think my favourite time on Twitter was when that list got released and it just said, fat girl, girl from Revs. Oh, God, that's so horrible, isn't it? Oh, it was horrendous. It just oh. showed the level of the bloke who then went on loan. And what's his what's tweet then to the Wimbledon fans? You can swag me off all you want. The club's still paying for me. Yeah, something like that. Like just every every bad thing about a footballer rolled into one bloke, isn't it? Not very yeah. good at football, misogynistic, and a horrible prick on Twitter. Yeah, it just all sort of. Yeah, it feels like a good thing that we got rid of him. Um, it's just strange that both him and Simon Moore, who I've heard is supposed to be a really nice bloke, have ended he is, up. He is a nice. Simon Moore's really sound. Yeah, I met him. Yeah. When I was doing some charity work with the club, and he's really sound. Um, yeah, both ended up at Coventry. Um, yeah, it's just. <laughs> I think Simon Moore went there because he was at the stage in his career where he just needed to play. And I think he'd gone from, he'd been a second at Sheffield United for, well, he, he took them up into the championship and then became, you know, the kind of um, backup keeper when he was at Sheffield United. And last season, I think it's the most he played, second most games he played in the season for Coventry. He played 41 last year. Before that, his previous best was 43. But he hasn't played, he didn't play, he only played two games in three seasons before last season, did Simon Moore. So he's obviously just gone looking for games, basically. Um... I mean, I don't really know what else to say there is about Coventry. Got a good hockey team, haven't they, Tom? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, not sure that helps now, but thanks for that one, Ben. Good. <laughs> ben, <laughs> any any tourism tips for for Coventry? Yeah, don't go. Um, oh, the cathedral's all right. To be fair, the cathedral's quite nice, and there's a good Nando's for there. That, that's um, the only thing I knew is that it's got a good Nando's. Yeah, yeah, they've got um decent kits. Like Humble have done a decent job again. They always seem to get nice kits. Coventry, the Rico. Isn't a bad stadium either. It's not when the they're allowed to play in it. When they are allowed to play in it, yeah. yeah. Um, and the pitch is worthy of playing. I remember I went there to see um, us on an away day. I think it was the last game of maybe Dave Jones's first or second season with us. And my friend from school, Curtis McDonald, made his debut off the bench, um, which was nice to see. That's a little little fact about Coventry for you there, boys. Um, 
Tom, you want to go and look at the FA Wales draw and start planning your trip. So we'll we'll move on soon. So you can no, no, no. I've seen the draw now. I'm happy. You've got my full <laughs> attention. Um, let's just go in with the predictions then. I think we're going to win 2-0, Tom. Uh, I'm going to go 4-1 again. Oh, well, if you say it enough times, it will happen. Won't exactly, it? yeah. Then I'll pick up the soundbite. Ben Price? I'm going to go 1-0 because we just don't seem to score many goals at home. I was going over before. We've scored a lot more goals away than we have. I think we've scored in two games with um, yesterday in the Borough game. In two games, we've scored more goals than we have all season at home. That's interesting. It changes this Saturday, 4-1. This Saturday at the CCS and the CCFC derby. So did you give a prediction, Ben? I kind of got lost. Yeah, 1-0. Good. <laughs> I was like, did you say something at the start and then you were going to come back round to it or did you not say anything at all? So 1-0, right? So we've got 2-0-4-1-1-0. Twitter.com forward slash VFT if you want to tell us your predictions. That's a new thing. Haven't done that before. Um, and that's the end of this week's podcast. Um, we have been asking for more reviews. Uh, thank you to everyone who's given us a review so far. I think our score has gone up from 4.8 to 4.9. We'd like to get it to five stars to get one up on them over Alternative Wales and Ryan March. Um, So if you listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, please leave us a review on there. It helps with all things like SEO. If you like what we do and you want to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian. If you like what we do and want to give us some contribution to help with running costs, ko-fi.com forward slash VFTNinian. You can find all the details there. Ben, not even midday on a Sunday and we've got the podcast wrapped up. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? I'm going to do absolutely fuck all. That is my plan. Sofa. Super Sunday, lovely. Shit Sunday though, isn't it? It's not like the games aren't exactly super, or is it Liverpool Arsenal? Liverpool Arsenal will be decent. Oh, I forgot about that game. Tom, what are you going to do? Um, after six years of living in London, my sister's finally come to visit me. Um, so I'm going to show her the nice areas and keep her away from the, the dodgy areas that I live in. So and watch Super Sunday in a pub. So what what nice areas are you going to? Uh, so if you turn right out of my flat rather than left, it stays nice. <laughs> So there's about a mile of decent houses that I can't afford. So I'll, I'll take it on that way. This is where I'd like to live. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, I'm going to go play with my air fryer. Um, so Be careful. Go on, Ben, you're going to say something then? Wings in an air fryer. Little yeah, bit of I've, got, I've got a little... And you'll love it. There's a little recipe book that came with the air fryer. Tower, four litres, so nice size. Um, so I'm going to have a look at what I can what I can cook in there. But I might make some wings. I'm going to go to Aldi and see what kind of meats they've got that I could cook in the air fryer. Um, air fry steaks apparently quite nice. Um, oh, that, that doesn't sound good. Well, it just it keeps it quite moist, I think. Okay, fair enough. Apparently, yeah. roast pork is good. Like you get really good crackling. Oh yeah, good idea. Oh, let us know next week, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can make it a regular thing. Ben's air fry <laughs> corner. Um, thanks for listening once again to View from the Ninian. We'll be back after Coventry. Have a good week. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian